Hey, either of you guys use the Facebook? God, no. <laughs> I will poke you. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I do. I do use the Facebook. Do you really? I mean, do I'm you... not an active user of the Facebook. Like, I, 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 it, it automatically posts all my tweets. Because oh, you're one of those guys. Oh, one of those guys. <laughs> Look at this all guy. My non, all, all my non-nerdy friends are on Facebook, and they want to enjoy the comedy and stylings of Lex Friedman, so they get the... I think you're using uh, Delusion Book. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using Shameless Book. <laughs> we all post a lot of selfies. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I it's I don't know. That's why I can go like photos of my friends' kids. <laughs> That's what I use Facebook for. And there's no other place to do that. That's for sure. No. So, would you feel more aligned with Facebook or more aligned with Apple? Uh, I'm definitely more aligned with Apple. Well, that's that's just wrong, Lex. Shit. Sorry. Wait, I hate John. You, you didn't ask me. Because uh, you said you didn't use it. I know, but I, I, I wanted to tell you about my alignment. <laughs> Well, okay, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> Chaotic neutral. Oh, God. Oh, man. Why do I even bother? I don't even know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg had some words for Tim Cook. Oh, boy. And the Did words he post them us. on Facebook? <laughs> He probably, I think he talked to somebody. I don't know. Uh, so I'm gonna, let me read it. Let me just read it. A frustration I have is that a lot of people increasingly seem to equate an advertising business model with somehow being out of alignment with your customers. Uh, that, that was my editorial remark there. I think it's the most ridiculous concept. What? You think because you're paying Apple that you're somehow in alignment with them? If you were in alignment with them they'd make their products a lot cheaper. The following has been a dramatization of Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> comments. The preceding. Seating, it's damn it! stupid. The whole... That, that, first of all, he's, I don't think he even believes what he's saying because it's yeah. so stupid. He can't, he's too smart to believe it. Is it. Isn't it like crazy marketing speak too, I feel? Like saying somehow being out of alignment with your customers, I don't know. I don't know what that means. It's all about cuss at. I, that, that is a statement that has no value to me. I'm assuming that what he's doing tongue in cheek there is is, calling, is saying that the advertisers are his customers and that he feels perfectly in alignment. Hmm. <laughs> I like that. Well, I yeah. mean, can Facebook I, people be considered, you know, cust- can Facebook users be considered customers if they don't pay anything? Like, wh- is there a semantic no. meaning to customer there? I mean, because I feel like how no, can they the- be customers? <laughs> The, the Facebook customers, besides advertisers, are the people who spend the dollar on people's birthdays when it's like, why don't you buy them a Starbucks gift card? Uh, which no, like that's a Starbucks 0. customer. Zero one percent of Facebook customers do. The Facebook users do. But, I mean, all companies make changes, right? There are very few companies who are like, let's keep doing exactly the same thing nonstop and we'll just make exactly as much money as we are capable of making. We, we have no desires to make more. But, when Apple makes changes and says, look, we're going to update the iPhone or the iPad or whatever, definitely you get complaints sometimes like, why did they take out the side rocker switch on the new iPad, whatever. Uh, but most of the time it's like, wow, it's better and thinner and faster. And every time Facebook makes a change, people are like, wow, what a dick move Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> 
they automatically updated my privacy settings again. <laughs> no, but for your for your convenience, for, for yeah, for enhanced engagement, you don't have to think about it now, John. That's the that's the service they're providing. <laughs> I, uh, it's the 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 go to example in my mind for the clear. It, uh, undeniable reality that Facebook has no use for the humans that use it uh, <laughs> is there are many people like me. I don't know. What the, obviously, it's not all of the users or Facebook would have to stop, I would think. But Facebook has its algorithm that it wants to use to show you a news feed. But some people, uh, and I count both me, my wife, and Dan Frakes among them. Uh, he's not my wife. But uh, <laughs> we would prefer to see just the most recent status updates on Facebook. And Facebook lets you have a toggle. You click through 87 places and you can toggle it and say, okay, show me the most recent home feed updates instead. And uh, Facebook will gladly remember that setting for seconds at a time. <laughs> just you know. resets back to its algorithmically, algorithmically generated newsfeed again. And people, it's, it, this infuriates some people. I Me, mean, I just stop really checking the newsfeed. I only look, I only post things and look at what people respond to me with. Right. Um, that explains a lot, actually, as to why I don't use Facebook, because I always feel like I go on there and... I don't know. It seems like such a random assortment of things that are on, right. in my newsfeed there. I look at it and go, but this is this seems so out of touch. Like if I go look on Twitter comparatively and I follow not all the same people, like I certainly have a lot more family members on Facebook, but I follow there's a large intersection. And I, you know, look down that list. I'm like, this is not what people are talking about on Twitter right now. This is like a weird subsection of things that seems totally unrelated to anything that's actually happening. And it's all like a, it's all like a half a day ago, too. Yeah, And that's it's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason I don't I don't look at it. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. the Fer when the Ferguson stuff was happening, that was like the big example because right. everybody on Twitter was talking about it. And, you know, you go to Facebook and it's like, <laughs> look, here's, at the here's my dog. I, look at the lasagna I made. I want a dog. Here's here's the lasagna my dog made. I don't want a lasagna. <laughs> not a lasagna fan. Yeah, I'm not a huge lasagna fan. Dan? Uh, <laughs> Where do you stand on lasagna gate? <laughs> I, like, I like vegetarian, like spinach lasagna. Hmm. I don't know. I, there are other better pasta yeah. dishes. Let's put it that way. That, yeah, well, that's. We, I think we can all agree that Facebook sucks and there are other better pasta dishes. So, wait, but what about I, this part of it where Zuckerberg's saying, like, if you're in alignment with Apple, you, they'd make their products a lot cheaper. Now, yeah, because apparently that's the only way to be in alignment with your customers is to make cheap products. Well, it's, it's a weird axis there, right? Because it's not like, it's not talking anything about the products themselves or the way they work which is the complaint of people who are, you know, not feel like they're not in alignment with Facebook, which is like, oh, I don't really feel like this product serves what I need. Um, it's people actually, it's him just sort of comparing it on a purely numerical quantity. It's a very engineery way of looking about things. It's, it's, and it's a very weird way. Because what is the argument? Like, if Apple really liked you a lot, they would charge less and become a less profitable company. Now, no sane business would do that <laughs> if they were as profitable as Apple. It doesn't make any sense, right? Is you know this means Mark Zuckerberg is a communist. Now I figured it out. That's <laughs> yeah, what this is all that's about. right. Go back to Mother Russia, Zuck. <laughs> do they get the Facebook over in Moscow? I should ask Eric Snowden. No, in in, in Moscow, Facebook. <laughs> no, no, you. no, okay, no, fine. no, no. It was right no. there. <laughs> Um, you know, I have been, this is tangential, but I have been catching up on, I did not watch it as it came out, but I've been catching up on Silicon Valley, um, which is, I don't know. I, I found it, I found it entertaining. 
just because it's so 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 funny i came from that world well and that's the thing it is it is it has just enough accuracy like i agree i think jason snell said in one of his early like comments on it like the weird thing about it is that the real life in silicon valley is in some ways so much weirder than the stuff that they depict and yet at the same time it does manage to strike a chord of just how bizarre that world is and i feel like that is the kind of world that can foster somebody like mark mark zuckerberg coming forward and being like yeah, man, like, we're not really in this for money. We just, you know, we're like, we just want to help you guys. We love but Apple, you. Apple really wants to take yeah, your money. guys. <laughs> like, and believe it. That's the thing. Like, have a, holding those contradictory opinions in your mind at the same time. I feel like he actually, somehow he does that without his psyche just ripping in half. <laughs> or maybe it has. I don't maybe know. Maybe it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. That would explain a lot, too, actually. So I have not I seen know. that show. Um my understanding was that Dan Lyons was like a yeah yeah contributor to that show. I think he was a, a consultant. Yeah, consultant, right? Which you know, in a way, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm not like a huge fan of Dan Lyons. Um, but <laughs> but I, in a way, he might actually have been good. You know, I think he could be good at that because his jobs, his fake Steve Jobs stuff was pretty good, and he does know that stuff. Well, the he satire part of it is fine. Yeah. It's just when he tries right. to be an incisive commentator, <laughs> like that, that, that kind of falls. He falls on his face a lot. <laughs> Yeah. The fake lions I like a lot. The real lions, not so much. <laughs> fake Dan Lions is great. Um, yeah, anyway, so I, I don't know. I found it entertaining, if only because it is, it is, and is strangely accurate at times in terms of, like, comments they make about, uh, you know, stuff that just happens that we're like, oh, I saw this thing on, like, Recode or whatever. I'm like, well, that's, I'm, I'm explaining to my viewing companion, like, that's an actual site. Like, that's an actual text Have site. Have you seen this the episode where, I, where Kara Swisher shows up? I think <laughs> I did, yeah. I've seen that. The one most recent one I watched is they, uh, they got their new logo painted by a graffiti artist, which has doesn't entirely go as they'd hoped. Um, but it it is it is amusing. They anyway. end up going to like a TechCrunch. Yeah, they're they're now talking about that. That just got set up, and I think yeah. the guy who plays one of the characters is hosting TechCrunch's actual like award ceremony thing, the Crunchies <laughs> or whatever. Which is just that's just weird. <laughs> Too much crossover. Yeah, gets a little weird. I have. I, I know we have several topics that we talked about before we started recording, but I want to inject one that we hadn't gotten prior approval for. Are you guys open to that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, did you see the uh, the update that uh, Panic posted on Monday, December eighth, about uh, Transmit one point something point one for the App Store? Where would the unenlightened have seen this? One point one point one. You would see this on Panic's blog. Okay. Um. And if you want to know the URL, I have no idea because I'm within an in-app browser and it won't tell me. But you no. panic.com is your site. You'll I'm find there. it. Yeah. But so um, they had to put out 1.1.1 of the app, which has some bug fixes and updates. And also that Apple said you have to remove iCloud Drive with Apple's So transmit FTP software and much more. And uh, among other things, let you say, hey, I want to save this file using an iOS extension. So anywhere in iOS 8, any app, you can say, okay, why don't we share this? share sheet extension doohickey and upload it via transmit to my iCloud drive or Dropbox or anywhere else. Magical, wonderful, amazing. But Apple said, you know what? You can't actually save to iCloud drive for reasons that don't make any sense. Only files created in iCloud drive can be saved to iCloud drive was the basic policy of transmit. So they said, oh, you don't have to remove the other things. Just remove iCloud drive, except according to panic. And why would they lie? That share sheet is controlled by iOS. So they can't, just remove iCloud Drive. They have to remove the entire thing. So they had to take the full functionality of using that extensions thing to send files to various places. They had to take the whole thing out. That seems insane. 
and so uh, they, they they're very open in the post where they're like basically we're posting this because there's lots of smart people at apple and somebody's going to see this and get pissed off and they'll get us approved again but you know we went through the regular <laughs> system and we couldn't get it done <laughs> it's, it's idiotic and the radio system is completely we're broken back, we're back to so as i understand it right now the way the app review process works is create a feature that seems cool apple <laughs> well, approves no, no, no. it first you have to get really drunk Okay, oh, sorry. Oh, no, there's no, no, no that's later. Apple, that's Apple, actually later. Apple approves the feature that you thought was really, really cool. Then at some point, Apple decides like, nah, now we're going to take that out. <laughs> then you complain about it online. I mean, rightfully so. I don't want to be complained since like whine about it. I'm like, you complain like, hey, we had this thing. It was cool. Now Apple made it take away. And Apple goes, whoa, whoa, we don't remember that. Yeah, you can totally put that back. So like, I think that's just the next logical step in the appeal process is the complaining about it online. It worked for PCalc. Right. Um, what was the other thing recently that had this? It hasn't worked for everything yet, but right drafts. We don't know drafts, if it's going right. to work or not. Right drafts pulled out its functionality, and basically what drafts was told was uh, everything that James Thompson says he was told is wrong. <laughs> so we'll have to see if PCalc keeps <laughs> itself reinstated in the App Store or not. Oh my God, <laughs> this is crazy sauce. This is the yeah. this is the most bizarre since the really like you remember all the rejections like in the first year of the app store we're all like right. they're finding yeah. their legs you're right we're gonna we're gonna, everything's gonna settle down you know they're just trying to figure out sort of what the right way to do it is but I feel like it got better for a while but the problem is that right. every time they introduce new features and developers are like whoa these are really awesome think of all the cool shit that we can do with this and Apple's like whoa, wait you did what wait hold no 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 that's not a thing that you should be able to do with that. It's like, yeah, they just haven't thought it out yet. Who are they helping, right? If James, if lots and lots of people got the PCALC app and lots and lots of people installed the notification center widget, and they, I'm sure Apple can get stats on all of those things if it wants them from the users who opt into that. Why do they, why care? Oh, right? wait, if, no, I figured it out. Lex. I don't understand. I got it. It's pretty easy. So without the PCALC calculator widget, there's no way to see how expensive Apple's products are. Oh, so they right. made him re- you should move post it that on facebook <laughs> <laughs> i'm in total alignment with them now <laughs> yeah so i i but don't i, I agree it, it's a really dumb process and i feel like what is again what is the what is the rationale here the way i see it there are only a couple possibilities one is just okay if there's some sort of security concern like oh, if people start uploading files from this you know, in this particular case of transmit, people start uploading files to iCloud Drive that breaks like, you know, sandboxing or some security issue or some technological issue that that that, that would be a problem. That doesn't seem likely. <laughs> Two is that they're deliberately hampering it because they don't, for whatever reason, want that functionality. My theory is that it, it often comes down to sort of what they believe is a, is the correct like sort of user experience. And they're like, oh, it'll be really confusing to people if you can just drop files in iCloud Drive that don't seem to have belonged to any particular application. I think that is a faulty idea because I think all of us have used computers long enough that we understand how that works. But I think (laughs) Apple considers that as like, it's inelegant. Um, I can't apply, I, I can't backtrace that to the whole notification center widget thing other than they feel like maybe it just gets too cluttered. But I, I think it's something that stupid. Like, I don't think there's any technological reason behind the whole, you can't have buttons or you can't do this thing where you upload to iCloud Drive. There's There seems no technological basis in fact there. And the notification button center, the notification center button thing, as many have pointed out, 
is equally insane because of the fact that if you go back and look at like the Craig Federighi's presentation where he talks about it, he's demonstrating like an eBay widget where you can like buy stuff from the <laughs> notification center. <laughs> so it's not like they didn't think about this. I, I don't know. It's so frustrating. And, you know, for a long time when iOS first, well, when they first started allowing apps, I guess in 08, um, there was talks when every app had to be approved. Well, maybe this is how it is for now, or maybe at some point the solution is Apple will offer a way that you can, uh, do you call it sideloading your own apps? That would be outside the app a store. Different you do store or risk. something. This, right, the same way that you do on the Mac now where you can say, I want to allow only Mac App Store apps or I'll allow anything. I'm not an idiot. And like, so they were going to have the idiot button, like treat me like I'm an idiot or don't. And I don't mean that actually in an insulting way despite my language, <laughs> like that, that, that Apple could offer such an <laughs> so option. Close. And the fact that we're still all these years later doing it exactly the same way is crazy. Well, and, and more crazy. to the point, I think that there's also this whole issue here. You know what? I think... I think Apple. Look, I, I'm a little underemployed right now. I think Apple should hire me. I, I, I suggest as my title. <laughs> my title would be Why Guy, and it would be like every time they make this decision, I'd be like, Guys, why are you doing this? Like, why? And then they think about it and go like, Oh, you're right. There's no point. I can just imagine Dan goes from meeting to meeting. Dan, 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 Dan we're, you're needing comments from Z. He walks in, guys. Why? Oh, they're like, right. Oh, you're right. He's right. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. And then you just walk out. Call me Apple. I'm available. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, man. See, I think the problem with the idiot button is that everyone turns it off, you know, and then you basically got the same situation you've got on Android. I don't think that's true, though. I, I don't think, think it's, most, I don't uh, think everybody turns it off. What if you can't find the idiot button? I think easily? what happens is like, even with, like, you know, the canonical mother, you know, somebody comes, oh, you should turn this thing off so you can get more apps and... Eventually, they'd all just get shut off. But yeah, wait, so this thing, this exists, this functionality exists on Android, I believe. Which is to say, there are a bunch of permissions, supposedly, that stop you from installing things, but you can, like, circumvent them if you really, like, power sure. user type thing. Right. Um, right. And you're totally right. I think that, like, it does get turned off in the vast majority of cases, but I don't know. Do you think the workflow is, like, somebody tries to install an app, it's like, oh, I can't use this an app unless I turn this thing off, and then they go and find it and turn it off? Or do you think that really that other people are turning it off for them? Because I, I don't think you can reduce it simply to, like, a whole bunch of people have other people turning things off for them. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that, I don't, sooner or later, the math I don't think that's scale. the major use case. But, I mean, the basically, the idea is that you keep that thing there. Instead of just, like, having it open, you keep it there to protect people who are neophytes, Right. And yes. my point is that sometimes even the neophytes get their thing turned off and then they're in like a deep, deeper morass because they don't even know what's going on at all. So, but by that logic, why doesn't everybody use like simple finder? Well, no, so because what I'm thinking here is the, the switch to me would only be allow me the option of installing apps directly from a website uh, or some of through some means besides the app store because that way, if Apple wanted to reject panic uh transmit and, and and panic said you know what we want transmit to retain its full functionality forget it we'll sell it directly apple's disincentivized to reject it because the app makes a lot of money so apple would make a lot of money from it with its take but panic now has the option to load it directly it wouldn't mean that you know chaos could rain on your iphone it would merely mean that if you went to a specific website that could install apps and you approved that app you could install it without apple's see i don't i don't agree with i don't agree with that ass- yeah. <laughs> that assumption because i think chaos does completely I rain agree with John because once you uh, open up that ability to install something from a website, you open up the ability for someone to maliciously install something from a website. Oh, sure. Absolutely. No question about it. Well, all the problems that we've seen, like all the malware that we've seen on iOS comes from basically people either cracking stuff so they can run apps from like pirated sources or 
stuff that abuses like enterprise certificates, which I think we talked about before. So I agree with John that as soon as you open that door, the whole like iOS is super secure thing kind of goes out the window. Right. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't agree that this situation currently as it exists is good either. However, I don't think that the solution is just to simply say, okay, you can just install apps that from other sources. I wish there were somebody clear in charge of the whole app store. Like I wish there was a czar <laughs> at the risk of going back to Russia. I risk, I wish there was a czar of like the app review process. who was like Bob Mansfield. Yeah. <laughs> That's his job. He's in a bunker somewhere. Somebody somebody everyone, everyone can respect. Yeah. Also, you don't want to cross him. He no, no. A man has like oven mitt sized hands. <laughs> uh, but like there, because of Apple's corporate culture in some way, and I think we've seen that changed a lot in the last few years since Tim Cook has been in charge. Um, but because they, fe- I felt like for so long, they kind of wanted to remain this sort of faceless monolith where it was like Steve Jobs was the face of it. And like maybe a couple <laughs> other guys, but like that's it. Um, and I think they've opened up a lot since then, um, and especially with the changes in the PR department and the like. But at the same time, it would be great if there were an executive lo- level person who was just in charge of this kind of crap and was just like, "Hey, I'm the guy who approves stuff for the App Store." You know, isn't I- it? Isn't it? Isn't Schiller actually responsible? Yeah, but like Schiller does a lot of other stuff. Is my point? Like, yeah, no, no, yeah, he should not be in. Re- he should not be responsible for that. I was just wondering who that falls under. Currently. I think it, it might all come down to him, but that's, that also makes no sense because that's marketing, right? Like, there's no right. technological yeah, capacity to that. Yeah. So you well, know, if you have engineers I mean, I think, down the down the line from that, I feel like, or you know, somebody who's responsible for doing some sort of technical knowledge, it feels weird to put that under the purview of communications. Yeah. Although I think in organizations like that, I mean, and, and really in any organization. It's not the government. It doesn't divide up easily like that. I think they let people do things for different reasons. So in some cases, because the people want to do them. And in some cases, because it just it somebody has to do it and the other person doesn't want to do it. Right. But this that's what makes it sound like a fobbed off thing rather than like they should be proactive sure. about this. Right. Yeah. Somebody has somebody has these jobs, right? Somebody has a decision to tell somebody else on the App Store. Make sure all of your review team knows. Reject apps that do this total nonsense with iCloud Drive. But they don't because so, otherwise they wouldn't get approved in the first place. So clearly there's a <laughs> breakdown somewhere. Well, yeah. one person cannot review every every single app. <laughs> we keep asking him to and he won't do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, we're going to need you to look at like 3,000 apps today. <laughs> there's Dan's new job. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but like, again, my point is if there were a clear person sort of passing this information down from above and the policies were clear... They, then this this system would not this these problems would not occur or they would yeah. occur less prominently. I feel like there's clearly a disconnect in there somewhere, right? And that's where I come in. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that process you described sounds like it works perfectly. <laughs> I, I, I still just dis- I still disagree with the both of you though. I think yeah. Well, you're you at, you're outnumbered. Fuck you. That's I'm okay with that. We are, yeah right right we we we're we're moving beyond that now, Lex. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I I agree with you in the sense that you do open yourself up to greater risk if you allow everybody to install apps from outside the app store, but it hasn't let terror rain on the Mac where that same functionality exists. But those two think, things but aren't for different incredible. reasons. Hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on, because there's also like the defaults. Um, automatically enforce sandboxing and such. Like, I think that, yes, you're opening yourself up to risk. And I think that anytime you install one of those apps, you have to get a giant warning that says, hey, asshole, even though you've enabled the option to allow yourself to install this, doing so opens you to great risk and probably somebody's going to die. 
Are you sure? And you have to say yes. And then I think you're all safe. Good to go. <laughs> I, I don't think it works quite the same, and I think there's a number of factors that go into that, both including the respective popularity of those platforms, also right. their longevity. I mean, like, we had open apps forever on the Mac side, right? Like, that was a late edition. There's a lot fewer apps in the Mac App Store, um, so part of that means you have to go outside, and there's a lot more stuff that gets locked down because, again, you had this pre-App Store you know, situation environment on the Mac where you could install whatever the hell you want, and it could essentially do whatever the hell you want. So I think that there's a different attitude. Um, and it, obviously, there's a, in some ways, there's a lot more moving parts on a, on a Mac, so it's easier to screw things up, and you can easily dig into things and fix them if they're not easily. But like, you can go in and like, oh, God, I got to trash all my preference files. Do you want to have to trash all your preference files on like your iPhone or like start removing caches and stuff? I think, I think Apple would feel like that, yeah, that so is a bigger failure. Give me, well, I mean, the iOS has buttons that the Mac doesn't have. It has the you know reset everything button, reset this the settings button. And Macs don't have quite that button built in where you can press one thing and restart it and it's back to zero. But since iOS does, that makes it even easier, right? You could just say, eliminate all my non-app store shit and restart. And that cures all your problems. I'm saying it could be done. You guys you guys have been Tim Cooked over there. That's all it's that. happening. What does that mean? Fanboys. <laughs> that sounds uncomfortable. Fine, Lex. Fine. Speaking of apps, this Please. is only tangentially related to apps, but... Um, so I, I wrote a thing about the Apple TV last week, and one of the suggestions I made was apps on the Apple TV. I don't uh, have viruses on my Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would have to be approved by a very careful... Oh, got it, <laughs> um, got it, you, got it, got it. Well, so it, and this is one of the things... We were talking about this a, a few weeks ago, right? Because Lex didn't understand why John and I like our Apple TVs. And I tried out a uh, Fire TV stick um, and had some you know thoughts about that in, in terms of how, how well I thought it worked. And the answer is pretty well. It's not bad. It's not a great piece of machinery, but you know it does a decent amount. And to the point, I think it does more in a smaller package and at a cheaper price than the Apple TV does. Um, and Chew so on I, that, Apple. Yeah, eat that. <laughs> Cook. I love you guys. Really. No, I love you guys. <laughs> um, but I, so here's the thing is I, I feel like the Apple TV hasn't been updated in like a really long time. Like a really yeah, long yeah, time. Yeah, I noticed that. So the question is for me is like uh, it seems obvious to me that they didn't just be like all right we're giving up sorry Apple TV didn't pan out like I feel like they got to be working on something and yeah. so my question is do you think is this, are we finally going to see like an Apple TV device with apps or some other new functionality I've been on it? talking about that for years now I know but sooner or later it's got to come true they've been talking about a watch for years <laughs> apparently they're making that yeah I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already frankly. Maybe they're focused on the watch and other stuff. Yeah. Don't want to do too many things. So the, the problem is uh, also input, though. Because you have to have some sort of controller. I mean, if you're going to start making apps for the Apple TV, you need an actual controller. And they don't sell an actual controller. I agree. Uh, it's a little interesting. It's interesting to see how the other, how the other companies have handled this. Um, I like Amazon's on the Fire TV. The voice search thing, I think, is cool. Um, it needs work. It's not fully fleshed out, but it's a really cool idea. Uh, I think some of the stuff that we've talked about, you know, Lex, some of his complaints, your, your complaints with the Roku remote, or like your points about the Roku remote being superior, I think are good points too. Um, I think that the Apple, again, it's vaunted like, Thanks. this is simple, <laughs> right? Like the Apple remote, but like maybe too simple. <laughs> and I do like the idea of a simple remote just because if you look at like the remotes... You get those remotes for like your cable company 
and it's got 6,000 buttons on it. And like the only goal is to figure out, okay, where are like the four buttons that I actually need? Yeah. So Lex, here's my question for you. Ask away. What, what changes would need to happen for an Apple TV in order to convince you to switch to an Apple TV? That's a really good question. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take my answer off air. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'll get back. Bleep to bloop. Um, uh, so I find that the it's it, to me it's about the navigation. It, when I hand Lauren the Apple TV remote, she doesn't always know. And I'm not using Lauren as like, although she is a mom, she's not my mom. But like, the, it is not intuitive to use the Apple remote. When you compare the Apple remote, which kind of looks like an iPod, to an iPod, it was easier to figure out what the hell you're supposed to do with an iPod than what the hell you're supposed to do with the Apple TV remote. Uh, it's not obvious what button is going to go back, for example, or how to get to the main home screen. Well, so aside from those two things, I mean, like, so for example, if they renamed the menu button, like, back, and then put in, like, a home button, like, that would fix all your concerns with navigation? That would, that would help? Because, like, the only other thing it's got is, like, a D-pad and, like, a play button, like, which is pretty standard, I feel like. Right. Yes. But I'm saying the the uh the d-pad is separate from the back button is separate from the home button on the roku remote so those are all definite advantages but then the other two things it has to compete with for me right now is about one out of every three times we go to the apple tv we have to restart it for no reason by pulling the plug out because it's just locked and i don't have that with the rokus and now that i have become a fan of the roku plug your headphones into the remote control thing i can't live without that feature either that has become useful in the freebie now that is a pretty good feature. It's a cool feature. I think that's yeah. that's something that like it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I I think it would also be cool if there was a reverse, uh, almost like a reverse AirPlay feature. Like, what if you could plug your headphones into your your iPhone and have it like streaming the audio directly from your Apple TV? I'm just thinking outside the oh, box. That's here. cool. I think that would be a cool idea. I will say, I think I haven't used Apple TV's search in a while. I don't even remember what it would be like to search. Can you search Apple TV wide? No, no, it's it's, it's shit tastic. Yeah. So that's the other thing that Roku really kicks ass there, right? Because I can search and it'll show me all the different services that I have and don't have where I can watch a thing. And it tells you right on the yeah. search results what you're going to pay at the different places. Like it's free here at Netflix or it's $1.99 over at Amazon. Completely agree. And I think that's one of the biggest yeah. things that Apple needs to fix is that. And I really wish there were a single sign-on option for all the services that require you to be authenticated. Oh, God. That That is just a mess because, yeah. you know, like if I want to... S- <sighs> I want to set a setting so that my kid can't watch horrible, you know, stuff, except the only way to do it is to say, oh, Netflix might contain horrible stuff. (laughs) So he has to enter a code to get into Netflix. That's completely useless to me Yeah, because I have to give him the code because if he gets up early, he's probably going to want to watch something on Netflix and just I'll just give him the code and set up. And then why am I putting a code on there? Right. Well, I mean, but also in terms of the fact that, like, so if you have, like, four different apps that all are different, like, cable networks, you have to put in your, like, cable provider and then log in. That, and it's, like, yeah. in the settings, if you I don't have log a cable in, provider, so I don't, I, I don't either, but I do uh, have access to some, <laughs> access to some nice people. Uh, but, you know, if you, are, if you are somebody with a cable provider and you're like, oh, I want to watch something on, like, the Disney app and the ABC app and right. this app. It's, like, you have to log into each of those yeah, separately. You should, you should be having an ability globally. to just log in in the settings right. or something, and it will just be like, all right, that's your cable provider. We know that. Anytime you open an app that requires authentication with the cable provider, we have those credentials. But I think I agree with Lex that the single search is the biggest thing, is the biggest problem. Um, and it's the place, again, where I think the Amazon voice search is cool but falls down because it does a shitty job of showing you stuff that's not on Amazon. But if you could mm-hmm. just, like, you know, 
press a button on your remote and go like, uh, you know, show me Orphan Black or something like that. And it would be like, here's like the eight places you can watch that. You can pay for it. You can rent it from iTunes. You can watch it on Netflix. Like you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Like that would be great. I think that Apple doesn't make enough money through iTunes for them to prevent you from easily seeing the competition. I think it's within their favor to give you all the options available rather than trying to shovel iTunes yeah. down your throat. Right. I, I still am stunned that Apple doesn't have a true Netflix competitive service. I know it would be a huge thing for them to do, but I'm stunned that it hasn't happened. They have enough money to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's tough. The, the rights and, and all that stuff, I think, is a yeah. pain in the ass. But I agree. I would. I For years, I wanted a streaming or a subscription service for TV. The closest right. thing I've you gotten to that Netflix, is Hulu. Basically. Right. Well, but yeah. I want stuff for like currently airing stuff, which is the place right. Netflix ah, falls yeah. down. Yeah. And like Hulu Plus is as close as you get. And even that is kind of lackluster. Well, they're never going to sponsor us. Uh, so... <laughs> The um, why do you find it lackluster? I pay their money. Well, so here's my problems. One is a I pay a certain amount. I'm gonna go. Sorry, Lex. Sorry, Lex. I'm going. I'm bulldozing through here. I'm being honest because I love Please, the service. I well, I figure he's already said it. He might as well explain it. I pay for it for every. I've paid for it for several years now. But you pay a fee, which is great. I'm happy to pay a fee. But I still see ads. That's problem yes. number one. It's like it's not a very high fee though. It's not, but it's it's equivalent to Netflix. And the ads are shorter than television. The ads are shorter than television. I pay the cable company and I see ads. You also don't see see current shows on Netflix. I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but I'm saying that it is, it feels redundant in an era where if you pay Netflix, you do, you know, that's the trade-off. I understand that. Do you go to a a no-trailer movie theater, Dan? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this idea is entirely ridiculous, honestly. (laughs) With free popcorn and There's a much bigger problem, though, which is availability windows. (laughs) They're based. They have a number of shows that you can't watch depending on what device you're using, and that to me is bullshit. Like, if I want to watch a show and it's like I have to either use a web browser, like some shows you can watch on your Apple TV and your iPhone, some shows you can only watch on a web browser. And not only do you not have that ability to watch them on my Apple TV or my iPad, but I can't even like see that they exist. It's like the Netflix. It's like Netflix discs. It's like, oh yeah, this thing doesn't exist on Hulu Plus. Like I would never know unless I went to the website. Yeah, I didn't even know that was yeah. the case because I basically just use it on iOS. Devices. It's really annoying, and it's also the fact that some shows they have these insane availability windows where it's like we're going to show you the first episode of this season the day after it airs, like everything else. The next episode is delayed thirty days, and it's like, fuck you, I'm not going to wait thirty <laughs> days. Sorry, it's not nice. It's and I know that's not all their fault. They're they're beholden. No. To the cable companies and that's that's i sympathize immensely with that because they suck yeah it's all the cable companies fault yeah essentially and i'm sure they would <laughs> basically love everything that's wrong gets down to cable companies <laughs> everything that's wrong with practically everything except maybe the app store approval rules <laughs> is because of cable companies all these services like and devices they need a little bit more like i would love if when i was on netflix and i was like hey netflix all of my friends on twitter are suggesting friends but all my friends are suggesting that i should watch black mirror like when i hit it it should say just so you know this first episode is going to be about pig fucking are you okay (laughs) and none of them do that and that would be helpful to me wow is that what the first episode is about because i haven't watched any of this yeah it was somebody told me they recently like we should watch this i'm like i don't know if i want to watch this (laughs) Oh, it's pretty hairy. You should I totally see it. That's it's good. Okay. It's okay. They're, well, they're really well done. Very. De- <laughs> most of them are kind of depressing. Bleak. Yeah, that's depressing, that was yeah. kind of the reason. I'm I'm more I'm more into like uplifting stuff these days. I feel like yeah. I've had a bad year, so like I've had right. enough shit right. go wrong. I feel like I could use some awesome. <laughs> Listen, if you've had a bad year, it's not nearly as bad as the guy in the first episode of Black Mirror. So. <laughs> He's right. He's right about that. Okay. Good. 
what I said before is I, I like Hulu Plus and I'm going to keep paying them because I think that they're the best so far at like anybody in terms of meeting that vision. I would they're like the to see them of all the other evils. Essentially, I would like to see them improve their game, though. Like that's I, that's why I give them money. I give them money to support them and say, you know what? You guys are providing a good service, but I want to fund you so that you your service gets even better. And I, I think that's what businesses think. Well, these people are all paying us each month. They must want us to change. So <laughs> it's, it's a Kickstarter. Well, I can't, but I can't. What, what like, I can do? Cancel my service? Then they're just like, oh, that guy didn't like us. Like that. I don't think. Uh, how else you? How else? <laughs> So you know what? I'm taking this fucking podcast and I'm telling you now what the problem is. That's that's what you had to do. You've done it. You nailed it. We're all good now. We'll send I will send this to Hulu. And let me tell you about the Apple approval process. <laughs> Dan's drunk. Oh my god. Dan, let me ask you this though. Why? <laughs> talk about that star wars trailer yet <laughs> yeah tell us your tell us your thoughts on the star wars trailer lex i like the little ball robot that was fun <laughs> <laughs> now i know what i'm getting you for hanukkah <laughs>